alive. Let's do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Welcome back to the Into the Light podcast. We have, well, I'm also, I'm very pleased to have Josh Jerica back on with me today. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be back. It's a, it's a Sunday afternoon, uh, right after the Cougs just beat Baylor last night. That game was intense. What, t- I... what time did you get home from the game, Josh? Like one. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was wild, but it was a good game. Heck of a game. Heck of a game. Also, Berlin's not with us today because she's incredible and is out doing a humanitarian trip in Africa. So she's actually on the other side of the world, probably sleeping right now. <laughs> She'll be back next week for the episode. But in the meantime, we wanted to talk a little bit more about scrupulosity and OCD with Josh because he is the leading resource right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Maybe I could lead you to the leading resource. <laughs> so we wanted to talk a little bit about, there's a couple articles that Josh mentioned in our previous episode about OCD and scrupulosity. And they're both from this lady. Her name is Dr. Deborah McClendon. And she's written a couple articles. One of them is in the September 2019 Enzyme, and the other one's in the April 2019 Enzyme, so pretty recent. Um, But I wanted to just start real quick by by sharing this quote from her first article that's called Understanding Scrupulosity, Religious OCD. Um, Because I feel like this is a common misconception or maybe something we subconsciously think about in the church is that when we go to our ecclesiastical leaders, like a bishop, like an elders corn president, religious society president, or stake presidency, whatever it might be, we expect them a lot of the times to be these very experienced professional mental health counselors and mm-hmm. experts and things like that. There's this quote that Dr. McClendon shares in her understanding of scrupulosity. And she says, this is from Elder Alexander B. Morrison of the 70. He said, We must understand that ecclesiastical leaders are spiritual leaders and not mental health professionals. Most of them lack the professional skills and training to deal effectively with deep-seated mental illnesses and are well advised to seek competent professional assistance for those in in their charge who are in need of it. Remember that God has given us wondrous knowledge and technology that can help us overcome grievous problems such as mental illness. Um... Josh, I just want to ask you, do you have any thoughts about that quote? Yeah, I I really like that quote because it is true. There's a lot of times when I, you know, I guess I going to therapy, I didn't really realize the difference in going to somebody that's actually specialized and trained in this. And as leaders or ecclesi- as ecclesiastical leaders or people in position where they help others i think they want to do the best they can but they should also recognize that if people do need help then they need to recommend that and give them that opportunity and get them that support they need absolutely i agree 100 percent with that i think as well for us that have been to ecclesiastical leaders there also needs to be a little bit of slack cut for them in case they ever do say something that might rub you the wrong way (laughs) yes or something that you don't agree with just to know that they are humans and they're doing that. Like, like what Josh just said, they're doing the best they can. I think it's such such an important thing to think about. So this article is all about scrupulosity, 
religious OCD. So if you haven't checked out our previous episode with Josh, he explains it really well, what that's all about. We'll link these as well to the show notes for today's episode. The next one was an article in April, 2019 called discerning your feelings, anxiety, or the spirit. And I'd love to have your thoughts on this, but I feel like this is such a widespread question even among those that don't have scrupulosity mm-hmm. or OCD in any ways. I know I've struggled with this, especially being in the dating game. <laughs> yes. You're like, what the heck am I feeling right now? Is this the spirit or am I just like freaking out over something? Yep. You know? So this whole, this question, anxiety or the spirit is such a huge one to tackle. Um, I want to hear your thoughts, but specifically, Josh, how have you applied the teachings of Dr. McClendon's article into your own life? Or how have you seen when you are feeling anxious versus when you're feeling the spirit? Yeah, that's a great question. It's This article is a great resource, and in it there is an anxiety versus the spirit chart. And I, I believe that I talked about that in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I've come to learn and realize that anxiety is very, um, how would you say it? Very urgent. And the spirit is slower it's calmer you have the ability to make a decision if you need to but anxiety lies to you and says that you have to make a decision now and that whatever is happening is the most important most urgent thing possible and i've come to realize if it is the spirit then i will be able to feel the feelings that i'm feeling in a few days without that sense of urgency Like if it is actually something that I need to change or work on, I can be confident that God will tell me again if my anxiety is super high in the moment. And that's the way that I've learned to discern the difference between anxiety and the spirit. Interesting. That's super cool. So do you feel like in the moment, are you dismissive of anxious thoughts? Do you just kind of put them away? And if they come back up, you're like, okay, this maybe is something that I should pay attention to. Or how does that process yeah, look like for you? It's a good question. It's interesting. Cause now I'm like, I can tell if it's anxiety. That doesn't mean that I don't act out on the, the <laughs> obsession. I don't act out the compulsion, but I'm, I'm able to tell, okay, this is anxiety. This is not rational. And I tell myself, I'm like, okay, if I'm still feeling these feelings, in a week, then I can readdress the, the situation. And I've found that, yes, there actually have been a lot of times when there was an issue or a problem that I wanted to address. But a week later, I was able to address it in a lot more calm and clear mindset. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. If you feel okay sharing this, how do you recognize and feel the spirit in your life being someone that's struggled a lot Mm. with anxiety and OCD Mm. what does that look like to you feeling of the spirit that's a good question I at the bottom of the anxiety versus spirit chart on the anxiety side it says despair and on the spirit side it says hope and I think that that has really really helped me the most is to is to realize okay there's no no need to feel despair. Like, yeah, okay, I did this. I acted out on a, an obsession or whatnot. I did something against my values, but I'm still able to hope that I can improve and 
that God will help me. I, I love that. I love that. I think one of the, when I was reading through this article myself, I think one of the things that stuck out to me was the difference between a panic about the future versus seeing yourself from an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that yes. deals a lot with despair and hope. Like everyone's going to mess up whether you have scrupulosity or not. Like I mess up all the time. <laughs> um, sometimes I get in this mindset where I'm like, shoot, like what's, what's going to happen now? Like I failed so many times and in reality, like this is this, feel, this, differentiating between despair and hope is a great way to recognize whether you are feeling anxious or you are feeling the spirit. It's, it's the difference between godly sorrow and shame Mm -hmm. is is kind of what I think of it as. Do you have anything to add on to that? Yeah. I, I really like what you said about the eternal perspective because I heard this quote on a podcast a while ago, but they said they were quoting their mission president and the mission president said, there's nothing that you can do that's going to God, ruin God's plan. And so that takes away so much of that. The pressure. Res- yeah, the pressure <laughs> and that responsibility. It's like, okay, yeah, we are going to mess up. We might make the biggest mistakes in the world, but there is always hope. And we are mortal. There's nothing that we can do that's going to ruin God's plan. If there's any more hopeful thought than that, I don't know what it is. <laughs> if, if I was I was at a devotional earlier this week, and the person that I was sitting next to shared with me that she had recently gone to Jerusalem, Israel, to visit like the Garden Tomb, the Garden of Gethsemane, like all the traditional sites of yeah. where the Savior actually was in his in his mortal ministry. And her showing me the pictures of the Garden of Gethsemane was like, for some reason, I had this thought pop into my head, like he was there. 2000 years ago Mm -hmm. and he suffered for our sins and our mistakes and our weaknesses 2000 years ago. That's done. Like that part of the plan is complete. And just like you said, nothing that we do now is going to change the fact that he's already suffered for the things that we feel like we're coming short of Mm -hmm. in this life. Yeah. I love that. Super hopeful thought. Okay. So those, those are two, two articles from Dr. McClendon. Um, again, the first one is called understanding scrupulosity. Um, the next one is called discerning your feelings, anxiety, or the spirit. And we'll link those to the show notes of this episode. And we'll also make a post on it on Instagram, um, at into the light 5024. I want to give you a little bit of time, Josh, to just kind of talk about the different things that you've seen and heard from other people or from your own experience of maybe some other resources that might be helpful for those that are struggling with OCD and anxiety. Sounds good. So like we talked about, those two articles from Dr. McClendon, I think every single person should read them. If you have scrupulosity, it's going to help you because then you're going to realize, oh, you're not crazy. But if you don't have scrupulosity or if you have anxiety or if you're an ecclesiastical leader, it is such a good resource that's going to benefit you and then your ability to be a support to somebody else. So I think every single person should should read both of those articles. And then moving into more of the specialized treatment, Dr. McClendon, um, she has a website. I think it's debramcclendon.com. And she has a couple of online like resource packages you can purchase. There's one 
on scrupulosity specifically, and that's $399, that's for a year. And then there's one on anxiety, which is $149, and that's for six months. But definitely very, very good resources. And then she also has other resources on there that are free. Lots of podcasts, articles. mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So there's a lot of great resources on her website. Um, You can get tons of help for free. And if you feel that the videos might help you, might benefit, then you could also purchase those. And then even moving into more specialized there's a, it's called the OCD and Anxiety Treatment Center. And I think that's located here in Utah. And that's for more specialized OCD anxiety treatment. And it's very, I think it's more not, let me think of the right word, more in depth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very, very good resource. I've heard of a lot of people, I've, I have a lot of friends that have gone there. And they have said that their life has changed so much from it. And that doesn't mean that if you don't go there, you can't improve your well-being. Mm. Like there are tons and tons of resources. But I think that that's a very, very good one. And they have an intensive outpatient program. That one's very rigorous. It's like eight to 12 weeks of length, five days a week, three hours a day. And... I've heard very, very good things about that one as well. Absolutely. I love that. And I think, honestly, when I think about these kind of things, I I think you need to begin to think about people around you that might be struggling with it. Because when it comes to addicts or people that struggle from mental health disorders, a lot of the times they're not aware of the intensity of mm-hmm. whatever disorder or problem that they're facing is. And I know in the upcoming weeks, we're going to have one of our, one of our episodes is with one of my coworkers from when I used to work at a treatment center and she turned her life around by going to a treatment center for, I think it was like a month or a month and a half. And it was for, um, an eating disorder. But regardless, sometimes these treatment programs are the things that people need. So if you Mm -hmm. know someone that you think might struggle with extreme anxiety, um, or religious OCD, scrupulosity. Yeah. And all, all forms of yeah. all subsets of OCD. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Any mental health thing that you feel like they would benefit from an intensive treatment program, please look up those things. This one again is called the OCD and anxiety treatment center.com. I think they have places in, they have a center in South Jordan and also in Bountiful. So like mostly Northern Utah, but anywhere you go, you can find a place like this that is intensive and has specific steps and professionals that can help people out on any step of their journey. Um, do you have anything to add, Josh, anything? Um, I think maybe some, just some final thoughts is there is hope there. No matter how long you have been dealing with anxiety, OCD, anything similar, there is hope and Christ can heal you. He will heal you. And for the people that may not be suffering with these these things, I think building awareness of them and being knowledgeable and spreading that awareness. And like you were talking about, if you do need help, like go reach out to people and you do the research because people that are struggling with these things, it's very hard for them to be in a clear mindset. And so if you have that ability and you can be in a support to somebody, then definitely, definitely do that. 
Absolutely. I want to echo as well what Josh has said. There's always, always hope for anyone who's struggling in any way. That's the beauty of the world we live in and being children of our Heavenly Father mm-hmm. is that He's never, ever going to give up on us. The Savior is never, ever going to give up on us, no matter how much we're struggling, no matter how dark you feel like your life is right now. There's always hope. There's always another side to whatever trial you're facing. Thanks, Josh. Of course. We'll have you on again for sure. Okay. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I've exhausted all my material. <laughs> uh, so again, follow Josh at the real Josh Dorica. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's your Instagram handle? Uh, it's Joshua Paul Dorica. Joshua Paul Dorica. That's right. <laughs> also, roommate verses on TikTok. Josh is the man. For real. Thanks again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> if this has helped you in any way, please share it with, with somebody that, that you know that could benefit from either answering the question of anxiety or the spirit or anything that we just talked about. That really helps the podcast get bigger. Um, and we just want to reach as many people as we can. We're Sometimes we look at the stats and we're like, wow, this is incredible. We never thought we'd reach this many people. But we appreciate you all for listening. We love you. And we'll see you next week.